0: Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice on the earth. And in his days, Judah shall be saved, and all Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Father, we ask your anointing upon the word, your direction, dear God, as we minister it, by faith in Jesus' name, give us your divine direction. The words to speak that are spirit and life in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to continue on with my series about the redemptive names of the Lord. And this one in Jeremiah 23 and 5, in the Hebrew, the word, the Lord, our righteousness, it is Jehovah said, Can you? if I pronounce that correctly, if there's any Jewish people that want to correct me, that's fine. But literally, he is the Lord, our righteousness. Marion webster defines righteousness as the act in accord with the divine or moral law, to be free from guilt or sin, to be morally right or justifiable. Literally, it is a right standing with the Almighty God. Now, we, we know that God demands holiness, but we find out in Romans 3 and 10 It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. God demands us to be righteous before him, but we're not righteous. There is a real problem there. You see, really, only God himself can be righteous. In Daniel 9 and 7, it says, O Lord, righteousness belongs unto thee. It is a sole attribute of God. Righteousness is an attribute of God. He is righteous. He's holy. He's divine. He's pure. He's chaste. There is nothing. There's no fault in him. Whereas man, we're just the opposite. You know, we're born in sin. We have the stain of this original sin of Adam in our life. While even though as a babe we may be perfect in the eyes of God... There's an age that we come to, the age of accountability, where we have to stand before God and make the decision whether or not we're going to serve the Lord ourselves, And we only have X amount of years to make that decision from the age of accountability to the time that we leave this earth, our bodily form. Romans 9 and 31 says, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained unto the law of righteousness. Righteousness is a requirement for all. When God gave Moses the law in the wilderness, it was a standard for living so that man could live righteous in the eyes of God. There were do's and there were don'ts. There were things that pointed the way. But also it says here that Israel had not attained under the law of righteousness. You see, the do's and the don'ts were almost impossibility to follow. It was almost an human ability to follow all of the law. When you had the sacrifice made, that was for one year. And there was a period of time, which was the days of awe. And that was a time, supposedly, according to the Jewish tradition, that God goes through his books and finds out Who's right and who's wrong. But it was also the time that we had, that uh, the Jews had to make that atonement before the Lord to get right with God. If they would die before the blood was applied on the mercy seat, they would die in their sins. So there was an impossibility to meet that law of righteousness in the flesh. But as our text said, He shall be called the Lord of righteousness. Now in Jeremiah, this is a prophetic announcement of the, the kingdom that will come. This is the, talking about the, the millennial kingdom. This is what is going to happen during the millennium. The Lord of Righteousness will be here on this planet Earth. So what about righteousness? What is it? Leviticus 20 and 26 says, And ye shall be holy unto me, I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. They were told that they had to be a holy people. God had severed them. In other words, he had chosen them out. He had picked them out individually so that they would be his people. God found the man in Abraham and he said, from your seed, it's going to be blessed and they're going to be a blessing to all the whole world. He chose the seed of Abraham, the Jewish people. Then in 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, This is Jesus, I mean, by prophecy, through Paul, speaking, saying, Wherefore come out from among you, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So we are also told that we have to be separated from the world. There has to be a dichotomy there. As Israel was separated, severed out from all the other nations, the church is supposedly to be separate, separated out from all the rest of the world. We are to be a separate people, a righteous people. I believe that if some of the old, old founding fathers of the, of the church, especially in the United States, some of the denominational leaders of the, of the old churches, to see how, what is going on in the churches that they started... Maybe the denomination they started, they would roll over in their grave in grief. Churches that were started on righteousness and holiness, the Wesley movement was a holiness movement. The churches that came out of the Wesleyan revivals, the Methodist. But holiness has always been determined not by what we say and do, but it's how we live our life daily. So we are to be holy, separate, a separate people under the Lord. Jesus told the crowd and when he was preaching and teaching and the the mount and the great sermon of the mount, Matthew 5 verse 20 says, for I say unto you, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. We all know about the scribes and the Pharisees. These were the holy, holier-than-now people. They would wash their hands continually. There was nothing that they did that would besmirch their name as far as Levitical Mosaical law went. Jesus one time said that you are whited sepulchers. You're all painted and you look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. And that's what a lot of churches are today. They look beautiful on the outside. Some of the most beautiful cathedrals, chapels, you can see beautiful buildings. But inside it's full of death. There is no gospel of life or peace. So we find then if we can't do this, what in the world? If righteousness is unattainable through the law, how in the world can we be righteous? Romans 3, starting in verse 19. Now we know that what thing soever the law saith, it speaketh to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be brought under the judgment of God, because by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For through the law cometh the knowledge of sin. But now apart from the law, a righteousness of God hath been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ unto all them that believe. For there is no distinction for all of sin and fall, fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to show his righteousness Because of passing over of sins done aforetime in the forbearance of God for the showing, I say, of his righteousness at the present season, that he he might himself be just and the justifier of him that hath faith in Jesus. Where then is the glorying? It is exalted by what manner of law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. There was no righteousness attainable through the law of Moses. But the law of faith is how we obtain that righteousness that God wants us to have. It says, Whom God has set forth as a propitiation through faith in his blood. Speaking of Jesus Christ, the word propitiation literally means an appeasement, an atonement. When under the Mosaical law, there was no way that the sins of man could really be appeased for, everything we've been studying. You know, we've been studying about all the, the feasts and everything in the, that, uh, on Wednesday night. All about the tabernacles and the sacrifices and all. All the things that were there, all the things that you read about were just a type and a shadow of what was to come. God was laying out the framework that men could see that there's a better way. I have a better plan for you. I have a way that will make you righteous in my eyes. It is through faith. It's not because you have faith in some some laws and legal system, but because you have faith in one man. His name is Jesus. It's the law of faith. He said, Now apart from the law, a righteousness of God hath been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ unto all them that believe. For there is no distinction. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned. But through Jesus Christ, we have that propitiation. Propitiation is actually an act to get you back in someone's favor. And I found this analogy and I thought it might be pretty, Ken putting it forward, I said, you might offer your mom a plate of chocolate chip cookies in propitiation for killing her houseplants while she was away. Romans, the 10th chapter, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. And that's not a lot of double talk, folks. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. We can't work this thing out for ourselves. It is a plan of God that was from the foundation of the earth. God had a plan in effect. And man or t- man today is still trying to bring about righteousness in their lives through good works. Don't get me wrong, as a Christian we need to have good works, but good works is not enough. They were ignorant of God's righteousness, trying to establish their own righteousness and not submitted unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, Or who shall ascend to the deep, descend to the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is riches, is is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It's not something we do, it's something we believe. It is an inward thing that makes us righteous. It's because of the propitiation of Jesus Christ. His atoning work and our faith in it. It's a result of the work of Calvary. Going back to our text, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice on the earth. And in his days, Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, which by the he shall be called the Lord of righteousness. The name of Jesus. It's a righteous name. Read in the book of Revelation, when Jesus comes back on the white horse to defend Israel comes with 10,000 of his saints, according to Jude. It says he has a name on his vesture. He has a name. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the mighty King of glory. And he is the Lord of righteousness. There's a time coming when the Lord of righteousness will rule and reign. He will rule from a, a throne in Jerusalem. Romans 10 and 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness go about to establish their own righteousness. That's what's happening. Man is trying to set up their own rules and regulations. The devil has men and women blinded to the realities. Stuff. Second Corinthians is, uh, I believe it's five and seventeen. Therefore, wherefore if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, they are become new. All things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us this ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not reckoning unto them their trespasses and having committed unto us the word of reconciliation. We are ambassadors, therefore, on behalf of Christ, as though God were entreating by us. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be ye reconciled to God. Him who knew no sin, he hath made to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. God has made a way for us to be righteous and to stand before him in purity and holiness and that is through Jesus Christ. I am persuaded to believe that when we give ourselves wholeheartedly unto the Lord, God will deliver us from the things that hold us back. Paul said in one place, he said, that we're to run earnestly this race and to lay aside every weight and the sin that doth easily beset us. And what has happened in a lot of churches It may not be sin to start, but we have weights in our lives that are holding us back. Things that that we're allowing in our lives to keep us from the fullness of God's blessing. You know in your life the thing that that the devil wants to throw in your face. You know the temptations that he wants to give you. Your temptations and, and your problems are probably different than mine and other people, but yet he knows your weaknesses he doesn't come at you at your strength. He'll come at your weakest point. Jesus was made to be sin. He bore upon himself the sins of the whole world. He bore upon himself my sin, your sin, the sins of every man, woman, boy, and girl. That we can have this righteousness in Christ Jesus. Jehovah said, can you, the Lord, our righteousness